0: The next moment there was like a, a really large orb, a luminescent orb at the end of the wing of the plane and I sort of looked at it and it looked like it was sort of spinning around and then it just burst into what I could only describe as an archangel.
1: You're listening to The Ghost Files, the podcast where everyday people share their extraordinary experiences of the spirit world. I'm your host, Karina Machado. I'm the author of Spirit Sisters and other books full of true stories of the paranormal. Now I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to share true stories of mystery and marvel in a new way through my podcasts, Spirit Sisters, and this show, The Ghost Files, coming to you today from my home to yours. Hope you're all keeping safe in these unsettling times. I have a treat for you today, a return guest. If you're a long-time fan of The Ghost Files, you'll remember Maggie, who back in September shared the story of her historic home in Broome, which was haunted by the wife of Captain Goldie, the master pearler who'd built the home back in 1919. If you haven't heard that one, I encourage you to scroll back and listen to the episode called haunted by love. Today I've invited Maggie back to share another story with you, one that we didn't have time to cover last year, an absolutely enchanting experience that reminds me of the old TV show The Twilight Zone. I really wanted to bring you an inspirational story to offer a bit of a lift in these uncertain times and Maggie's encounter fits the bill. Here she is to tell us all about it. Welcome back to the Ghost Files Maggie. Thank you Karina, thank you for having me. It is absolutely wonderful to have you back on the show. Now we first chatted way back in September and I've been meaning to have you back on the show ever since to share this story that you're about to tell us but you know it seems like now is the perfect time after all.
0: Yes, it's the, not the best of times happening at the moment. So, yeah, this is a, a really lovely story that I'm really happy to share with you.
1: That's really nice, Maggie. And before we actually get into it, and it does take place some years ago now,
0: please tell us a little about yourself and what life looks like for you today. Ah, Well, at the moment, right at this moment, I'm in self-isolation with my two children. Uh, my son basically came back from... Uh, Melbourne uni about 10 days ago and yes and we've been stuck inside since but um, I must say I'm very happy to have him home and for us all to be together.
1: That is nice and I'm the same I've got my two uni student kids at home with me today and yeah I guess that togetherness
0: together apart thing is the only thing
1: that we can really just hold on to
0: at this point. Yes it's really strange times and it does feel really quite weird you know just to not be able to go and do something like jump in the car, run an errand, do stuff like that. It's been, um, yeah, it's been a bit weird, really. Indeed. And home for you is Tasmania. Is that right, Maggie? Yes. Yes. I live um, about 20 minutes out of Hobart on the beach, which is a beautiful spot. And thank goodness we've got that because I have been able to at least get out and take the dog for a walk and get a bit of fresh air. So in that regard, being sort of isolated here is a whole pile better than being sort of in a built up area or apartment block. So I'm grateful for that. That's
1: good. Now, talking about challenging times in our lives, your experience took place kind of in the midst of a very challenging period for you, Maggie. And as much as possible, I'm wondering, could you please recap for us
0: what was going on in the months or indeed years preceding your story? Well, it did happen um about I think it was uh, January 2013 and at that stage I had been sort of in a prolonged sort of um, battle I guess family law court battle to relocate from Broome in Western Australia back here to Tassie and it had been going on for quite a few years. My husband not or ex-husband not being happy about um, the kids basically leaving Broome But there were a lot more options for me to return back to Tasmania and back to family. So during this time leading up to um, the whole experience, mum had passed away, my mother had passed away about 12 months beforehand, which was very hard on everyone. She was only 70 years of age. And so eventually I had the opportunity to um, come down here to Tasmania and have a look at a house and, you know, realistically look at moving back down here. But it was actually happening just within a few weeks of a court battle that was going to take place in Perth with myself and my ex-husband um, having a hearing in the family law court to decide whether or not we were able to relocate to Tasmania. So I had literally got on a plane and, and come down here for for three days just to look at this house and then I had to return back to Broome for about four or five days and then down to Perth for the actual family law court hearing. So it was a bit of a um, a crazy time as such because we're about to get to the end of what had been a pretty tough time for myself and my family and to find out whether or not I was able to to actually return here to Tasmania with the kids. So, yeah, I jumped on a plane and came down and had a look at this beautiful house. And it was on the, the flight back to Broome that I had this pretty amazing experience, really. Life-changing, I'd say.
1: Wow. So... So yes, so you, you had to get on a flight from Melbourne to Perth, I think it was, and that was a bad landing in itself. Yes. It? So yes. tell us about sort of the whole, um, that experience of being on both of those flights, and then and then obviously tell us about
0: what happened. Well, the, the flight from um, Melbourne to Perth was a, it, the usual sort of pleasant flight as such. It was on one of the new A330s, which are a much bigger aeroplane and we've had a few dodgy landings in Perth before i think they get a lot of crosswinds and at this particular time as the as the plane came in and landed it sort of bounced and then just went up on i guess the one wheel and went flying down the runway with one wing in the air and people actually screamed and it was quite frightening certainly not a landing i had ever experienced before and you know it's been bad when the pilot finally pulled the plane up and everybody sort of clap their hands and cheered. You know when there's applause that it's been... Oh, it's been- yes, yes. And, in fact, when I was waiting um, to get on the next flight from Perth to Broome, I actually rang my friend David back here in Tassie and said, oh, my gosh, just had the most horrendous landing. And the chap that was sitting near me, he said, were you just on the, the flight from Melbourne? I said, yes, I was. And he said, which side of the plane were you on? I said, I was on the upside with the wing in the air. And he said he was on the downside and he said and the wing was so close to the ground. He said it was absolutely terrifying. So, yeah, it was just one of those freaky things, I guess, that happens from time to time. But it certainly made me feel just a little bit nervous about getting on the plane from Perth to Broome. And I'm just not, you know, a nervous flyer at all. So, um, Which is interesting given what
1: went on to happen.
0: Yes. On this flight. Yes, yeah. yes. So the flight itself to Broome was really just a normal takeoff. It wasn't bad weather, but basically once we got halfway into the flight, there were the remnants of a low, a tropical low that had basically drifted across the north of WA and out to sea. So about an hour into the flight, we just flew into these absolutely incredible clouds, just extraordinary. I've never seen anything like it. There wasn't any wind or turbulence. But there were like miles of clouds above us and below us. And it it really looked like a fairyland when you looked out the window. It's I can still see it now when I think of it. Yeah, it was extraordinary. And I have to say that I was leaning forward and looking out the, the window and I was on the actual wing part of the plane because my backside was getting a bit sore from sitting down for so long. And so I sort of leant forward just to change position and looked out on the wing and just, yeah, noticed that the clouds had sort of beautiful little puffs of colour in them. And I thought, wow, that's quite extraordinary. And then, yeah, the next moment there was like a, a really large orb, a luminescent orb at the end of the wing of the plane. And I sort of looked at it and it looked like it was sort of spinning around and then it just burst into what i could only describe as an archangel the most extraordinary huge figure who then just just took off basically straight up off the wing and into the clouds and i just sat there stunned so yeah let's
1: let's break it down a bit more so it's
0: yes, sure. a spinning orb so
1: like a circular kind of mandala or something quite beautiful and it's spinning and then a figure emerges from it and you. Yes. So the term "archangel" is quite specific. So, talk us through through it again, Maggie, and and just
0: go into more detail because it's so amazing. Yes, look the the orb itself was absolutely beautiful. It was glowing, but it was a I suppose a silver glowing. It wasn't gold or anything. It was kind of I guess like the um, the colour of the clouds. It was luminescent, so it wasn't solid as such. But the angel that did appear, or that burst out of this orb, had the most um, magnificent big wings. I could see it was a male. It looked like a man. It it um, it didn't have any feet. I could only see him down to, um, I guess, maybe the knees and and then um, it was just, he just took off. It was the only way, to, like, pushed up off the wing. Um, and I think at the time I felt like he'd seen me, but I wasn't 100% sure. But it was just that moment of, oh, my God. And it was, yeah, I was stunned, absolutely stunned and thought, wow, did that really just happen? And yeah, it, it was beautiful, but it wasn't solid. He was sort of translucent, but just beautiful is the only way to describe it. It's I guess it's what you would expect to see as a, a, an angel, but it was a real shock that that was exactly what had just happened. But that was just the beginning of what ended up being 40 minutes of the most amazing experience it wasn't just this one angel that I saw I then went on to see a lot
1: tell us about that because I think that that's one of the most extraordinary features of your story that this went on for 42 minutes I think Mm, yes People can say a vision or a dream, or you know, but your experience is measured in this quite
0: long amount of time. No, it's it's and that's it's, amazing. It, it still blows my mind thinking about it, and I think about it quite often. So, what happened was after this angel had taken off, another orb started spinning towards the end of the wing, and they were on the edge of the wing, not close to the fuselage. This one was a smaller orb, and that basically did exactly the same thing. The orb appeared first, and then an angel burst out of the orb. And I'm not quite sure, I can't remember exactly which one was next, but there was a a younger boy. There was also orbs that spun into almost like cherub-like angels. There was an amazing one that actually was an angel on horseback. And it was a whole group of them, all different sized orbs, all appearing sort of one after the other. And this went on, like you said, for 42 minutes, but it was literally, like they were playing with the plane and playing on the end of the wing. And I was watching them and it was, yeah, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, I, I still can't believe that I actually got to see it for that amount of time. And when you say playing, what do you mean? Well, they they were, sometimes there would be two or three of them together and they'd jump off the wing and and sort of follow each other. Some went up in the air, some would jump off and head down. And then once they sort of left the plane, once they jumped off the wing, they sort of disappeared. But then within a few minutes, they'd be back again. There was always one at the end of the wing playing, but there were multiples from time to time. Like I said, young angels, older angels, little children. I remember one having the most beautiful curly hair. The cherubs were gorgeous. It was just extraordinary, Karina. It's really hard to... um, Explain it, I guess, in terms that make sense. But it was something that just went on, and I, I really felt like the clouds had something to do with it. That we'd entered sort of a realm where they where they could interact. It really felt like I was in some sort of magical place. This all went on while we were still flying through the most incredible clouds, and I'm sure that that had something to do with it. But yeah, and I, I kept pulling back from the window and looking around the plane to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind. And then, you know, look back out and they were still there and they stayed there playing and interacting with each other until the moment that we started to descend. As soon as the change of the engine in the plane, you can tell when, even before they announced that you're starting to descend, you, you hear it, and as soon as that happened they were gone. And that was, and then we landed about 20 minutes later and I got off the plane absolutely stunned. I just, I couldn't get my head around um, what I'd just seen. While you were on the
1: plane watching this, did you just simply stare or at any point did you think to tell the person next to you, can you see what I'm seeing or take out your phone and take a photo? Those kinds of, I guess, you know, everyday things that we would do? Or was it like you were kind of in this altered state, just mesmerised by
0: it? Um, Look, there was a gentleman sort of sitting on the aisle seat um, and he had all his paperwork and bits and pieces in the middle seat between the two of us. And he was very busily on his laptop, I think, or, or something like that. So I didn't even really think to even say anything to him. And as far as getting my phone out, that was back in the days where you had to turn your phone off anyhow, I think it never even occurred to me to even think of taking a photograph. I kind of kicked myself a lot about that now. But yeah, I just was, um, I guess, just mesmerised by it, like you said, just enthralled and watching it, just thinking, this is amazing. This is just amazing. And was there a sense that the
1: experience was just for you? Or did you think that everybody that was looking
0: out the window could see the same as you did
1: those thoughts even come to you
0: look I did think it was just for me and I think the reason why I did too was that there was another thing that was there um that I a, a sight that I saw that sort of made me feel like somebody was there I guess with me there was a, a ring of beautiful colors sort of on the wing closer to the fuselage that was spinning the whole time. That, and it had a silhouette actually in the ring itself of a person, but yeah, you know, I couldn't say who it was, but it was like there was somebody just there um, near the plane that knew that I was there watching it. And yeah, it was extraordinary. That was a beautiful sort of mixture of of rainbow colours in um, in a halo. And I don't know what that was, but that was all part of it. That was there as well, this beautiful ring of colour and then the angels on the end of the plane. And, yeah, I think from my point of view, I remember thinking they're doing this for me. They're playing and they're showing me that they're playing on the plane. That's what I thought anyhow and that it was fun for them would be the way to describe it.
1: And you did mention earlier that your mum had passed away, sadly, not too long before this. Did you make any connection between your mum's
0: passing and this experience? Yeah, look, I actually even thought for a moment that perhaps it might have been mum, you know, that there was somebody there and that perhaps it was mum, um, perhaps it was Christ. I didn't really know, but I knew that there was something really special and really spiritual that was happening. Yeah, I was being shown something absolutely amazing.
1: Had you ever had any encounter with an angel before or what was your knowledge of angels at the time?
0: I'd never really had any sort of interaction with an angel before. I'd had paranormal experiences, as we've talked about in the past, but no, I hadn't. And when I actually got off the plane and rang my friend and told her what had happened, she mentioned straight away an author that she'd read who had seen angels throughout her life. And and um, my friend Angela said, you, you've just described what she described in her books, but that was really the first and only time um, that I've ever really seen an angel, or let alone angels. So, yeah, I have to say that it wasn't an experience that was familiar to me in any form at all.
1: I love that your friend's name is Angela and that's it. <laughs> <you. laughs> and also I think I know the book your friend was referring to, Lorna Burns' Angels in My Hair, yeah. a woman who, she, who has had experiences like yours from mm. a as she can remember, she was a baby in the crib, and
0: she was seen. Yeah, a- I've actually read the book. Angela um told me about it, and I went out and hunted it down and bought it and read it. And yeah, it is an extraordinary book, and she is an amazing woman. As far as me having anything any knowledge of angels, definitely not. Um, beforehand but I tell you what it certainly changed the way that I think about what's around us now what did you do to try and understand because I know that you you made
1: phone calls you rang people you rang spiritual priests tell us about that your your quest to uncover more about what you'd
0: experienced and what it could mean Yes, well, I was absolutely stunned, I think, and for a few days, you know, just thinking, did that really happen? Did that really happen? And then I thought well, maybe I could go and talk to someone about it. And um, so I contacted uh, my priest at the time, Father Ernesto, who was Argentinian priest at the Catholic Church in Broome. I got to know him because he'd been guiding Daniel through his first Holy Communion, I think it was. So I decided to give him a call or call on him. I think I went around there actually and talked to him about it. And, you know, I said to him, I feel really quite humbled by this, but I'm also really confused as to why this has happened. I remember asking him if he'd ever seen an angel and he said no and so then I thought well you've devoted your life to God and you haven't seen an angel and yet I get to sit on a plane and look at them for 40 minutes. I was really quite I guess confused but also like I said humbled. I was blown away by what had happened and I did mention to Father Ernesto about the silhouette that was near the fuselage of the plane and the beautiful colours that were in the halo around it. And he got up and went to his beautiful big bookshelf that was absolutely chock-a-block full of books and rifled through this book and showed me this picture. And the picture was of Christ and with this beautiful coloured halo. And I actually said to him, that is exactly what it looked like. It was It was, yeah, that was luminescent would be the way to describe the beautiful colours. I can't remember what the book was, but he did show it to me and I thought, yeah, that's actually what I just saw.
1: So, Maggie, even though your knowledge of angels was quite restricted and, you know, obviously there'd been so much going on in your life that was stressful at the time, but I wonder, you've mentioned the church and that you had a priest. Had spirituality played a
0: big part in your life up, up until this point? I guess as growing up, I had a lot of experiences which I now think were paranormal because I have had a lot of sort of interactions over the years with ghosts and spirits. But as far as myself being a particularly spiritual person, no, not really, but it certainly has um, given me a great deal of of comfort and peace because I already had my own beliefs that there is more out there once, once we pass away and we're no longer here. But from my point of view to actually see angels, that changes the whole way that you think about your spirituality as well. So yes, it, it was um, something that I'd never really given a great deal of thought to. It was, um, I guess, a changing point in my life. And within a few days of this happening, I was actually back down in Perth and going through the whole process of the the court hearing, which was I have to say, really quite horrendous and, and very, very stressful. And what drew on the angels, I thought about them a lot during the process of sitting in that courtroom for three days. And I really thought that that was a sign that everything was going to be all right and that was the way that I was going to think about it.
1: Um, and the um, experience themsel- itself was so playful, wasn't it? It was so light light-hearted yes. I mean you were literally up in the air and I can only imagine sort of the juxtaposition of that with the very heavy very intense very stressful process of a marriage split and you're coming to the end of that whole process at this point and just yeah just sort of the comfort that that really
0: light-hearted beautiful moment would bring you in those tough times. And it did. And I I drew on that and thought about that a lot, you know, even in the years afterwards. And my friend um, who I stayed with when I came down to look at this house, he passed away in 2016 after a short battle with cancer. And when he died, I thought about the angels and thought that they would be there with him now. And that helped a lot, a great deal. And I often wonder whether they're, you know, still around and close by keeping an eye on me or whether it, uh, I was just lucky enough to see them doing what they do, which is playing with planes when there's clouds like that, you know, all those sort of things have crossed my mind. So, yeah, it's, it's a situation that definitely has changed the way that I think of, about life and life after death for sure. Do you feel more certain now that there is life after death? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I've always thought that anyhow because as a child and a teenager and an adult, I've had, you know, experiences with with spirits, with ghosts. But to see the angels, that just, I guess, puts another layer on it, doesn't it? It really does make me think that there is something pretty special out there and there is more once you pass away. You're not gone, so to speak. It is such a
1: beautiful story, Maggie, and I'm so grateful that you've shared it with us today. And just as a final reflection, I wonder if you could share what you think stories like yours like the one that you've opened up to us about today what these kinds of stories have to offer us in these unsettling times that we're experiencing right now what what can they
0: instruct us well I think they can instruct us that there is always um I guess another force around us you know there are angels there are spirits that when we do pass away that there is something else there that we we don't disappear as such. Um, Our souls still remain. The angels are there guiding us, keeping us safe, all of those things. It is such an awful time that we're walking through at the moment. And there's so many people that are passing away that would not normally be passing away, but for what's going on. And all I can think is that, you know, there must be so many new souls up there in in heaven. The angels are going to be really busy, But, you know, all of these people that have lost their lives to this virus, I know that they're going to be taken care of, that there are angels, there are spirits. And I hope that, you know, that gives some people some comfort out there that are listening, that they're not gone as as such. They're still around and they're still with us. They're still with us. Maggie,
1: thank you so much. I'm certain that our audience will take comfort and some inspiration from your story today. I know I certainly am. So thank you again for returning to The Ghost Files. Well, thank you very much, Karine. Thank you for listening to The Ghost Files. If you love the show, tell a friend and leave us a five-star rating and review.